888-835-2414. This is Learning with Leslie. Welcome to another episode of Learning with Leslie, the podcast where you learn, I learn, we all learn about how to build an online business with a blog. No, I'm not talking about one of those blogs that will fall by the wayside when Google has a mood swing. I'm talking about one that will thrive no matter what gets thrown at it. I'm your host, Leslie Summer from becomeablogger.com, where we're changing the world one blog at a time. And as usual, I have another exciting interview for you today. In today's episode, episode 278, I'm on the line with none other than Gabby Wallace from GoNaturalEnglish.com, a blog dedicated to helping people learn English. She's a TEDx speaker and entrepreneur who has who leveraged her years as of classroom teaching experience and the power of YouTube video marketing. Her first YouTube channel for English language learners have over 200,000 subscribers and 10 million views. She has been featured on Yahoo Travel for running her business while traveling the world and on several top podcasts for entrepreneurs. Since she has had so much success on YouTube, I thought I'd bring her on here to talk about how to build an audience on YouTube. Video is a powerful medium and YouTube is still a great way to get exposure. So YouTube marketing, that's what we're going to be talking about today, Gabby. How are you doing? I am doing great. Thank you so much for that amazing introduction. I'm over here dancing because I love your intro music so much. Well, you know, I figure if you're going to start an interview, the best way to start is with a little bit of dancing. You know, I think I think that's a good thing. Yes, I love it. It's so good <laughs> to be here. All right. So um, you, you've done a lot. Uh, and YouTube seems to be something that you really just thrive at. Now, I want to ask you one question before we kind of go into the backstory. Yeah. What do you love about YouTube? I love that I can get on camera and it feels like I'm talking directly to my learner or my audience. And they also feel that way, I think. So I feel like I have a great connection with my audience that way. And I find talking to the camera easier than writing. It's ironic because <laughs> I, I was an English, English as a second language teacher for several years, yet I would rather talk to the camera than write. Wow. Okay. So I, I know a lot of people are, are thinking, yeah, I hate writing too. Um, so this video stuff is sounding kind of interesting. Okay. So you've been, wh when did you start uh, th this whole YouTube thing? Well, I was teaching English in Japan in 2011 and I had some downtime during my work day and I just started thinking about what I could do to help my students. And at that time, I just decided to get creative and start making little video tutorials and I put them on YouTube and that's how it all started. So you said Japan. I, I got to ask, how in the world did you end up in Japan? I'm assuming you're not Japanese. No. <laughs> so tell well, us, how did you end up going there? Well, you know, I love to travel. I love adventure. I love trying new things. And as an English, as a second language teacher, there there's good jobs over there in Asia and in other countries. And so it was just a good match. I got, um, I, I've actually worked in Japan three different times with three different positions. Oh, wow. Yeah, I know. I can't get enough. <laughs> but at that time, I was doing some English um, for business purposes training. Okay. Yeah. 
And and how do you like Japan? I've never been. I, I've always wanted to visit Japan. But what, what do you think about Japan? You know, it's amazing. It, I learned so much going over there, just the way that um, that people you know, live life and seeing kind of the differences, but the similarities. I love Japanese food. Um, <laughs> That's it's always just, good. And beautiful art, beautiful temples. It's very peaceful. There's a lot of things that I love. And, you know, hopefully I can go back to visit someday, but I just love it. No, you say you, say you learned so much from being there. Is there one thing maybe that you've learned that it, it's kind of maybe changed the way you look at life or anything of that sort? Is there something that kind of sticks with you? Yeah, you know, it's kind of a, a cultural thing, maybe also a personal thing. Um, so I'm an only child. I tend to do things my way or the highway. Yeah. <laughs> in um, in Japan, there's more of this caring for the group and this mm. mentality of doing what's best for the team. And so I think that I learned a little bit more about thinking about others and you know, being more um, flexible and, and going with the flow with the group and, and just to have harmony with other people and that kind of thing. Huh, that's awesome. That's always a good thing to learn. I think um, it, it's often so easy to be isolated. <laughs> and especially when you're doing stuff online, I, I find it's easy for me to retreat into my basement here where I have my office and just focus on what I need to do. Yeah. Well, and it's kind of nice sometimes because then you can go at your own speed, yeah. right? You can make your own decisions. But then I guess when you're working as part of a team, you want to be more flexible and, and just listen to others and consider what they want too. And eventually we all have to work with other people, right? So it comes exactly. in Exactly. <laughs> it's good to know how to do that. So, okay. So you started putting these YouTube videos or these videos online to help with what you are doing in your, the, the, the training that you are doing in Japan. That's, is that yes. correct? That's correct. Yeah. I had a classroom of about six to eight adult learners. So I would come into their office at the end of their work day and they would take English classes with me. So it was a small, small class, but they, they kept asking me similar questions. And so you know, part of me was thinking, oh my gosh, they keep asking me the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure as teachers, we all, you know, have this, this problem or this, this issue. Uh, and I thought, okay, well, maybe I could make something like a video that could answer their question and be like a resource for them. So I didn't have any business plan. I didn't really know how to make money on YouTube. That was not, not in the front of my mind at that time. I just was thinking like, how can I help my students and also make something that could be reused and repeated instead of answering the same question myself like 10 times a day. Interesting. Mm. And when I think about what I did with my biology blog, it's kind of along the same lines, even though in the back of my mind, I was thinking eventually this could be a business. Yeah. But it was something that I was using just to help my students in my classes. Yeah. I mean, I was I, I won't lie. I, I was hoping, oh, maybe I can figure out <laughs> make some money with this. But because I, I didn't really have a background in, you know, marketing or business or anything like that, I really had to learn as I went. So, so tell me a little bit about that journey. You start putting yeah. videos online um, and do they start to get some traction or do they not? And uh, what, what happened there kind of in the early days of putting those yeah. videos online? In the early days, I really felt like I was getting out of my comfort zone. I mean, uh -huh. I was terrified to see myself on <laughs> camera and to put that on the Internet. 
Oh my goodness. It's <laughs> terrifying. And in the earlier days, I just shared the videos with my students. I think I shared with my friends on Facebook and everyone was really nice and encouraging. And they said, yeah, you know, keep doing it. That's great. And so I did. I, I made a few more videos. And after a few months, you know, not overnight, but after a few months, I saw, you know, a, a few dozen views, a few hundred views. After I was getting a few hundred views on my videos, I thought, well, that's more than my classroom students. And it can't just be <laughs> it can't just be my students watching. I know they're not watching that much. And it can't just be my friends and family, you know, the hundreds of views. And I thought, this is kind of fun. I'll keep doing this. And then I would say around six months, maybe eight months after posting that first video and maybe posting one video a month, I mean, not, not a lot, I started getting messages in my YouTube inbox of English learners saying, hey, I really like your tutorials. Do you think you could teach me online? Huh. How much do you charge for tutoring? And I had not been advertising tutoring. And I thought, oh my gosh, they want to give me money. <laughs> so, you know, I wrote back, I, I made up a rate and it, it worked. And I got my first couple students. I was working with two or three students at a time, just tutoring online after work or before work. And that was kind of the start of monetizing my YouTube channel. Wow, that's that that's awesome. Okay, so the, the yeah. two things that I want to dive into there. You said you for, at first you were kind of afraid or nervous to get on camera so much how so did that how did that change like i mean there i know there are people listening to this right now that are thinking that is me i don't want to get on camera how did you how, you're on camera a whole lot now yes what happened well i just pushed myself i i actually love to do things that push me outside of my comfort zone mm. so even though it was painful i knew it was a good kind of pain that would push me to grow as a person, even though it was embarrassing. And even though, of course, you know, for, for uh, all the good comments I would get thanking me for the videos, there were also some trolls and some mm -hmm. negative comments. And, you know, it's, it's something that pushed me to, to grow, to kind of just keep pushing on because I really believe that, that this YouTube thing could, could be interesting, that, you know, it could lead to new opportunities outside of my regular job and my regular contract. I wanted to I wanted to just see and explore what those opportunities might be if I could connect with the world of English learners who were online and searching on YouTube and it's a whole new world outside of my regular job. So I just kept pushing on believing that it was a good thing. So this was 5 years ago, right? Yeah. In 2011. Just over 5 years ago, yeah. Do you still get nervous when you're making videos now? No, no, you know, I've gotten used to it. And um, I just feel I feel quite comfortable with the camera. I think that after you do it consistently, and after some time passes, and you kind of build a rapport with your audience, it is like seeing an old friend. It sounds strange, right? But you don't get nervous when you go to talk with an old friend. I don't get nervous when I go to talk to my YouTube audience anymore. I mean, I, I'm actually shocked now that I get all these nice comments and, you know, all of these likes on, you know, Facebook <laughs> for the business page. I'm like, oh, this is so nice. I never imagined. So I feel I feel really good about being on camera now. That's cool. And I wanted to ask that question because I wanted people to see that. Yes, it's difficult in the beginning. 
Yeah. Um, and it also takes a lot more time in the beginning because you're figuring out all of these different things. But the more you do it, you get used to it. Well, and I have this one video that was one of the first I posted, maybe not one of the first, but I think it was around 2013 or so. And it's actually the most popular video it has over 2 million views. And oh, I, wow. yeah, but I look at myself on the video. I'm like, oh, I'm so awkward in that video. <laughs> and I hate how my hair looks in that video. And I'm like, oh, it's so embarrassing. But I should leave it up because it's popular you know it's getting a lot of views and people are appreciating the content in it yeah so. people are getting value from it so it doesn't matter my i think my top video has maybe about a million views oh, that's and, awesome. but but there's some stuff that's wrong with that video yeah and you would think well you know what let's take that video down because it's not perfect in mm. my mind i'm like no let's keep it out there because it is providing value yeah i think one of the biggest mindset shifts that i've come to accept with this creation process is that it's more, it's a process. It's an evolution. It's a lifestyle. Like making videos is part of my lifestyle. And I can't think about it as, oh, I'm going to create this perfect video and it's going to be one time and I'm going to be done. And I think that's how we kind of get stuck in the beginning is, oh, I have to make this one perfect video and that's yeah. my one shot and it has to be just right. But it's actually like an ongoing conversation and like, like in a conversation, it's okay if you, you know, make a mistake or you stutter or you say something embarrassing, you just like keep talking. And so I'm, I'm trying to kind of build an analogy between, you know, having a conversation in real life and having a conversation with an audience online. There's a phrase that I, I've heard many times that I think summarizes this, that we're looking for progress, not perfection. Yes, I love that. Yeah, that. That's really what it's all about. And that's what it seems as if um, your experience has been. That's definitely what my experience has been. You, you go back and listen to some of my earlier stuff and it's like, what in the world was going on there? Yes. But there's I know. progress. I know. Yes, I love that so much. And you cannot progress unless you just do it. You can't progress if you're inside your head, right? You have to start creating stuff. I love it. So if you're listening to this right now, you've been holding back. Let's just do it. Okay, let's go. On. Let's move on. So you started tutoring um, and you started with two or three students. Uh, did you think at that point that maybe the tutoring would be a big part of your business? That's that's what your business was going to be. What, what were you thinking? Yeah, I mean, for for a year or almost two years, I was pretty focused on tutoring. And I think I I got up to, you know, a handful of students I was working with. But then I, I started doing the math, right? And uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, okay, if I'm getting paid X amount per hour and I have so many hours that I'm comfortable tutoring per week, well, is that going to give me the life that I want? And the answer was no. So I had to think about ways that I could scale my business and use my time in a, in a smarter way and maybe doing more of the things that I enjoyed more. To be honest, um, I enjoy creating videos, creating course materials, uh, creating content, maybe more than doing a kind of live tutoring. 
And also because I know I can reach more people that mm. way. It's it's in a different it's in a different way, right? Working one on one with a person is very rewarding and very different than having them maybe buy your ebook or buy your course. But I like the idea of being able to reach more people and also have more control over my time. Got it. Love that. Love that. So, yeah. are you still tutoring today? No. Well, well, yes and no. So, no, I don't tutor English. Yes, I do consulting about how to build your own YouTube channel and how to have a business online. Got it. Okay, so what I want to do now is I want to kind of shift a little bit. We're still going to have your story all throughout this because you're going to be talking from your experience, but I want to I want to give some practical advice for how someone can build an audience on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And and maybe first let's talk about the videos. Yeah. In terms of the video creation process, what should we be thinking about if, let's say, I have something that I'm passionate about or a topic that I'm an expert at or I'm becoming an expert and I want to start making videos? Let's talk about those videos. Where should we start and what should we be thinking about? Well, if you're a teacher like like we were and maybe a lot of your audience might be, think about what's right in front of you what are your students or what are your um yeah what are your learners asking you what questions do you hear repeated maybe week after week or from multiple students or if you're not getting a lot of questions think about what are those areas that you see that your students really need to improve maybe they don't see it but you see it and write down just get out a notebook or open up your your you know your whatever you use to take notes on your laptop and make a list of those questions, maybe a dozen questions that you get and answer those questions. You could just start with one question. Maybe there's one thing that people keep asking you. Just answer that one question in a short way. I mean, YouTube is really good for short content, like five minutes, quick wins, quick takeaways. So I would just, you know, use uh, whatever you have available. Maybe you have a smartphone. Maybe you have a, a camera that records video. Maybe you have a laptop where you can record video. You don't have to go out and buy like the best, most expensive uh, video uh, recorder, you know? <laughs> uh, camera. Um, you don't have to buy like a brand new microphone. I mean, that comes with time. You might want to update your equipment, but just get started with what you have today. And, and I'm assuming this, well, not I'm assuming, this is what you did when you started. So you mm. wanted to make some videos because there were some common questions. And to make this as practical as humanly possible, what are some of the questions that your students were having at the time that you wanted, wanted to start answering in video form? A lot of students ask very general questions like, how can I seem more confident in English? Or mm. how can I speak more fluently? Or... Like, how can I stop hesitating, uh, you know, thinking a lot and hesitating when they are trying to speak English? So the really general questions, um, I would get some more specific questions like, what is the difference between the past tense and the past perfect tense? And so, you know, there are different kinds of questions and you might find that you want to make different kinds of content. Like some of your videos might be more general, big picture, like how to appear confident in speaking English or whatever your topic is. And some might be a little more detailed, like here's the difference between this small thing and this small detailed thing. So you might have different tracks, I guess, um, mm-hmm. 
So like more general inspirational videos and then more detailed lessons. And did you have any kind of a sequence that you were following? Um, like I remember when I started my biology blog, mm. I, I, was, I was starting with the nervous system. And because I was starting with the nervous system, I started with things like an introduction to a ne the nervous system and then an introduction to the neuron. And then we kind of followed in a sequence. Did you do any of that or was it just these are some questions? I'm going to answer these questions. Well, I tried to make it as easy on myself as I could, meaning, you know, I was still teaching in the classroom. So if something happened that day in the classroom that I thought would be interesting to create a video about, I would sit down you know, at my desk or maybe at home after class and make that video the day of. So mm -hmm. it kind of progressed with the class. But no, I didn't, I didn't think about you know, making my, my YouTube channel follow a certain progression. Yeah. I just kind of took inspiration where I had it from my day job. Got it. Okay, so let's talk about, uh, I, I love the fact that you said you don't have to spend money on expensive technology because I think that's something that holds a lot of people back. Um, and with the smartphones that we have, there's a lot that you can do. Oh, uh, so much. So yeah. let's talk about the process of actually recording that video. Now, uh, for your videos, are you on camera or are you sharing your screen? I'm on camera. So I, I like to do a lot of kind of talking directly to my audience. It's also easier for me to edit. I, I don't really do a lot of, I do some kind of PowerPoint stuff, but not, not a lot. I just find it easier to talk to the camera. So I started with, uh, with a smartphone back in 2011 uh -huh. and then I bought a nice camera and a lens and, and now, now I'm back to using a smartphone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I love to buy equipment. It's like, it's like toys for me. I, oh, yeah. I try, you know, new cameras and microphones and all this stuff. And I've probably spent way too much money on it. But that's why I want to tell you all, just use your smartphone. <laughs> so, so you're just using, what smartphone are you using right now? Um, the iPhone 6S. The, the lens is really nice. And, and you are using, you have the iPhone 6S. Mm -hmm. Are you using an external microphone or anything of that yes. sort? Yes. I think if you're going to spend money on anything, get an external microphone like a lapel mic. It's, it's going to make a difference. YouTube, you know, people, I think they'll accept a little lower sound quality versus a podcast. Like for a podcast, it's audio, right? So you need to sound good. You don't want to hurt people's ears. On YouTube, it would be great if you can sound good, but I would say just get started and then maybe, you know, next month or whatever, you could order a microphone if you still enjoy doing it. And, and what microphone are you using? I know this, this is going to be obsolete in a few months when somebody <laughs> listens to this. I really love the Rode uh, lapel mic. It's a, I think when I got it, it was around $75 or $80, which is, you know, it might be a little investment, um, but I think that it's worth it if you can if you can get that. And that's the Rode Smart Lab, right? Yeah, and that plugs right into the, the iPhone. And, and why did you go, because uh, you have a nice camera, nice lens. Why did you go back to a phone? Well, two things. Um, it's easy to travel with. So I could, I, I was traveling a lot the last couple of years. So it was easy to bring with me. Uh, now I'm doing more recording from my apartment. So that, that part doesn't matter. But the thing that does matter is I work alone a lot. The smartphone is uh, easy to use because it focuses uh -huh. automatically. My camera 
it doesn't focus. And I can't tell you how many videos I made. And then I looked at it. I'm like, oh my God, I'm not in focus. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, have you been through that? Oh, I've been through <laughs> that. All right. <laughs> so it would look better. Like the quality of the camera plus the, the lens that I bought would actually look better. But I just, I, I need another person to be here to focus. And are you using any kind of lighting or are you just in front of a window or anything of that sort? Yeah, I think natural light is the best, but I recently, just like in the last week, got a couple of lights. Um, I think they're, what are they called? The newer lights, like a ring oh, yeah, light. Yeah. Do you know those? Yep, I know it. So it, it's kind of like this uh, a ring with like LED lights all through? Yes. Gotcha. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Okay. So Which again is not necessary to start out with. I would say get out in the sun or like a shade, a shaded area, but with some nice natural light. And that's going to make you look really good. Well, I mean, 200,000 subscribers and you just bought the <laughs> ring light uh, last week. Yeah. <laughs> so that tells you a lot. You can accomplish a lot with a little bit. What's important is the content. Yeah, the content, the consistency, uh, working with your audience to listen to them, to grow with them, to give them content that they want to watch and they want to share. And, you know, you'll know when it's time to invest in, in an upgrade for your equipment. And one of the things that I, I, I don't know, remember who I heard uh, say this, but um, you, you, along the lines of what you just said, when you've outgrown what you are using, like like you can't accomplish the things that you want to accomplish because the equipment that you have is actually holding you back. Mm. That's a sign that, OK, this is when I need to invest a little so that I could do the thing that I'm trying to do that I'm not able to do. Right, right. And maybe if you are making some money with tutoring or consulting or something, I like to take that and reinvest that in, in equipment. So you're not going into like credit card debt trying to, you know, get all this awesome equipment right off the bat. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So the title of this episode is how to grow your audience on YouTube and how to build an audience on YouTube. And you went from, I'm assuming you started at zero, yeah. <laughs> like, like the rest of us, Yeah. but you went to 200,000 subscribers. Mm -hmm. I am, let's say I am starting at zero right now and I would love to get to 200,000 subscribers. So can you help me to get there? What tips do you have for me? Uh, to grow my audience. So make it easy on yourself. I have this problem where I always am trying to create new content and reinvent the wheel because for some reason I like, I like to, you know, to make everything more difficult. So my advice is to make it easy on yourself. If you're already blogging, let's say, you know, you already have 50 blog posts, you've been blogging for a while. Look at your blog posts and just get on camera recording yourself talking about one blog post at a time. Maybe you talk for five minutes about, you know, your first blog post and just highlight some points that you think people would find interesting and do that for, for each of your blog posts. I love to recycle content. So, you know, if you're a blogger, why not use those same topics, but in your videos and think of YouTube as a way to reach a new audience or maybe the same audience, but people like to actually hear the same thing in different ways, right? So make it easy on yourself. And then with your videos, make it easy on your viewer. What, what do I mean by that? Like make it easy for them to watch 
your video. Uh, tell them what you're going to talk about in your video. Bring some energy to the video. This is why I loved your intro because <laughs> it made me want to dance. Bring a lot of energy to your videos. That will help people want to watch them. Once you have more than you know one or a couple videos, you can link one video to the next. You can actually put a link in that video and say, hey, click here to watch the next one. So make it easy for people to consume your content. So again, make it easy on yourself, make it easy on other people. And there's a lot of different ways to do that. But I just wanted to mention a couple just to get started. I, I love that. So make it easy. The, the making it easy on yourself, repurposing content. I really love that because what, one of the things that some people, we have a lot of bloggers listening to this and they might think, man, I got to come up with new ideas. I got to, what am I going to do in my videos? That's so different from what I'm doing on my blog, but you could use that same content. And that's something that I've done. I've literally like looked at my podcast episodes and grabbed the titles. You know, let's take this title and we're going to make a short video about that particular topic and I've never I don't know if you've ever experienced this but I've never had anyone say man you already spoke about that in your <laughs> podcast why are you making no. a video about it never ever <laughs> I just want to share one thing I've been doing lately I really love doing this I've been taking my blog content um, the new blog content at gabbywallace.com and doing a Facebook live once a week. So I have that video and then I may upload the Facebook live video to my YouTube channel. And that's like a super easy slash lazy way to get video content on your YouTube channel. I love that. And, and what's cool about that now is you're also using Facebook and yeah. getting some exposure on Facebook. And we know how much Facebook loves live video. Ah. Uh, so you're taking advantage of that to help to build your audience. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. So make it easy on yourself. Make it easy on your viewer. You said, tell them what you're going to be talking about. Bring some energy. I have to endorse that energy part because I've noticed if I record a video, and I am I have the same amount of energy on that video that I have in life is going to look much more boring on the yes. videos. You reminded me just now of one of the first videos I recorded. I shared it with a friend, a friend and coworker, and he said, the content's good, but you just sound so depressed. <laughs> You know, it's it's true. Your regular everyday energy might be really upbeat and positive and, and good. But then on the on the camera, something about it, like you need to turn that up to, you know, a thousand percent. Yeah. I, I, you know, I think when I am when I'm if I'm with you in person, I am seeing you. I am hearing you. I am. This is going to sound weird, but I'm smelling the environment. <laughs> I was going to say smelling you, but I'm smelling the environment around there. I'm, I'm using all of my senses and there's this experience that we're having because we're in the, we're in each other's presence. Yes. But when you're on a video, you don't have all of those other elements. So that you have to overcompensate a little bit with your enthusiasm and your excitement. Yeah, I was training a woman on, on making uh, videos for, for my Go Natural English channel. And she said, wow, it's hard to smile while I yep. talk. <laughs> <laughs> but that's one of those things, like bringing more energy with your smile and maybe laughing a little bit and using gestures. And yeah, it takes a lot of energy. 
Oh, it really does. Okay, so um, you said link one video to the next, and you can do that easily. We see that on, on YouTube all the time. Mm -hmm. Are there any best practices where that's concerned? Because I'm assuming the idea is someone just watched a video, you want to keep them around to watch another video. How do, how do you do that specifically? Yeah, so if you have a video that's done well, let's say you got lucky and your video went viral, it would be a good idea to link that successful video to a less successful video so that you can kind of balance out your views or invite people to see your other content. That's probably just as good as this viral video, but, um, but they just don't know about it. And if you don't have a viral video, that's okay. Just link from one video to another. It doesn't have to be in a sequence, but if you did like, this is biology class 101, this is biology class 102, you know, you could link them in order. The idea is to keep people on your channel because if you, if you remember when you watch YouTube videos at the end of a video, you'll often have suggestions for what to watch next from YouTube and it may or may not be on the same channel. Mm. So you want to give people the option to click on this link that you're going to put in your video and get to another of your videos. And, and it may, may sound obvious why that's important, but can you tell us why is that important? Why do you, I mean, if they're there for content, why not have them go somewhere else that has more of that content? Well, I mean, you want to get people to be loyal viewers of your mm -hmm. content and, you know, to spend more time on your channel. The, the more time people watch your videos and spend on your channel, YouTube will recognize that you have exactly. good, interesting content and then your videos will come up higher in the results when people search for content like yours. And that's what I wanted people to understand. It's not just you're keeping them on your channel. Great. You have another view, but that sends signals to YouTube and that benefits your channel over the long run. Yeah, and this is another reason why I said to tell people what you're going to talk about because that will keep people on that video longer because they know what they're waiting for. And the longer they watch your video, that also sends signals to YouTube like, hey, this is a good video, so make it appear higher in results. How else can I send um, signals to YouTube about the type of content that I have and how awesome it is or whatever the case might be so that they can start uh, 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 listing me in the results even more. What are some of the things that I can do? Yeah, well, view time is important. We've mm -hmm. talked a little bit about that. That's also why I really try to aim for five minutes per video because across YouTube, the average view time is two and a half minutes, which you know, it's actually kind of long because if you think about how people click through videos, you know, two and a half minutes, that means you've got their attention. But that's that's why I don't tend to post hour-long lectures. I keep my videos bite-sized around five minutes. And sometimes it's hard because you want to share so much good content and value with your viewer, but it's better to chop that up into bite-sized pieces and get people to go to the next video to watch another one to continue getting content and, and learning with you. So view time is very important. Another thing is your words that you use, like the, the title, the description, um, the, the, the data that YouTube will find. Like, okay, you're searching for how to speak English. Well, I should have those words in my description or in my title, in my videos. So thinking about what your 
audience is looking for and trying to match their vocabulary. So uh, I say, you know, one of the worst titles that you could make is my first video. (laughs) It's really funny because I I follow a vlogger, uh, Casey Neistat. Oh, I love him. Yeah. And he actually has that very same title, my first vlog. I was thinking, okay, Casey, only you can get away with this (laughs) and get like 4 million views. (laughs) But for the rest of us, don't title your video My First Vlog. Exactly, exactly. Okay, so um, we've, we've spoken about how to get views, uh, and you have 10 million of them, so that's social proof enough for me. Um, what about subscribers? Because 200,000 sounds nice. Mm. What can you do to get people to subscribe to your channel? So you have to ask them. It seems really weird, like, don't people know they should click subscribe, but you have to tell them, ask them, tell them why it's important to subscribe. And um, I say things like, you know, we'll be able to do more fun stuff if you subscribe because the the bigger the subscriber number, um, the more my channel can grow and the more time I can put into it. I mean, this is me just explaining. I don't say all that on the video, but uh, <laughs> yeah. Or I would say like, hey, you know, if you enjoyed this video, please subscribe. It would mean a lot to me. And just telling them that it would mean a lot to you. That actually goes a long way or whatever makes sense for your personality. I mean, I, I like to say stuff that kind of pulls at the heartstrings. Maybe that's not your personality. Maybe you just say, hey, subscribe because it's cool. (laughs) Subscribe now. Yeah, (laughs) it depends. You got to find your voice. But honestly, the best way is just to ask people and remind them and say, hey, I really am trying to build our community. So I would appreciate if you click here to subscribe and actually put the link to subscribe in your video or in the description or both. And if you have other platforms, like if you already have a blog, if you already have an email list, send a message out, ask people to subscribe to your YouTube channel just to start building that momentum. I love Now, you said if you enjoyed this video, which tells Mm -hmm. me that um, I'm assuming that you'd do that after at the end of the video. Is that generally what you recommend for people? Or is there does it ever make sense to right at the beginning of the video say, hey, subscribe to this channel and let's get into this awesome content? When do you do it? Totally. I actually, I'm glad you asked because I like to do a call to action or to tell people what I want them to do in the beginning and the end of the video. Interesting. Yeah. And at first this felt kind of weird, like, oh, am I being too pushy? Is this annoying? But I found that it works and maybe people like the reminder. And if they don't like the reminder, it's only a couple seconds so they can deal with it. Yeah. But I might say something like, uh, by the way, I would really appreciate if you subscribe. Okay, well, now let me dive into today's episode. And then at the end of the content, I would say, hey, now that you've watched this episode, if you enjoyed it, click here to subscribe. Awesome. So are there other things that I should be doing if I want to grow my YouTube channel, if I want to grow my audience using YouTube or anything of that sort? Or does that pretty much cover it? 
Well, use uh, YouTube along with social media to, to distribute your YouTube. Because one thing that I've heard from people kind of um, wondering or complaining why they still only have two subscribers. You know, they say, oh, I post, I post videos every week. Why don't I have subscribers? Why am I not getting views? It's not enough just to post your videos on YouTube. They're going to get buried under all the, you know, however many millions of videos being posted at the same time. So you have to do a little bit of that heavy lifting, like sharing your video content on, if you're using Twitter, Facebook, whatever, maybe put the link in your Instagram profile, email to your friends and family or your students, or maybe in a non-spammy way, share your work in a Facebook group, maybe to help other people. Um, but again, that's a careful thing. You don't want to be like, Hey guys, look at me. Um, but you do, you do have to share it. You have to push it out there. Yeah. And, and when you share on other platforms, do you share directly the YouTube video or do you embed it in a blog post and share uh, the blog post? What, what are you generally doing? Best, best case or best, um, the best way to do this is to link to your blog with the YouTube video embedded if you want people to come to your blog. So just ask yourself, where do I want people to end up? I mean, is it, is it that you just want to build your YouTube channel? Then send them to YouTube. If you want to get more traffic to your blog, maybe if you're offering some services or products on your blog, you want people to go there right away and, and you, get, you can share the video with them embedded in the blog post. Um, so yeah, I would say bring them back to your blog first and foremost, unless you just want to build your YouTube channel for a few months and focus, focus traffic there. Mm -hmm. um, there's really no wrong answer. It just depends on what your focus is for right now, for this month or the next couple months. Okay. And we, we've spoken a lot about growing your audience with your um, learning English channel. How do you monetize that now? I know you started with uh, tutoring, but what does it look like now? Yeah, it's interesting that now I don't do any tutoring. I even experimented with hiring other teachers to do the tutoring. Huh. I, I found out that it, it wasn't for me. What I do now is I partner with other companies that offer online tutoring. And it's just, it's a better deal for my audience. It's, uh, it's just easier to refer people. So uh, I have sponsors for the YouTube channel, okay. actually across, across all platforms. So it's like, you know, YouTube, email, social media. So anyway, I like to have multiple income streams. That makes me feel safe. Yep. <laughs> so sponsorship is one. Um, there are some YouTube ads on my videos. So YouTube will directly send me a check or Google now that they own YouTube. But anyway, there's those and then online courses. So I have several courses for English learners on my website. And those are the main ways. Those are the main three ways. Awesome. And how do you get people from your YouTube videos to your online courses? Are you sending them to an, what are you, where are you sending them from YouTube? Do you use it to build an email list? Do you use it to promote the courses? How are you doing that? Yes. So YouTube, if you think about like, why do you go to YouTube? You probably don't go to YouTube for the same reason you go to Amazon. For example, like I go to Amazon when I'm ready to buy something. Yep. 
I go to YouTube if I want to be entertained or if I want to learn how to do something for free. <laughs> so you have to recognize the mindset. Why are people going to YouTube? So to continue with that mindset and not shock them with like, buy my stuff right now. I don't think that's the right approach. I think what, what I do is I invite people to come to my website to get this. Uh, it's like a free training. So I'm not asking them to buy anything. And, but to get the free training, they get on my email list. So I'm inviting them to connect with me on the email list. They get something for free. And then from there, I can give them more value with emails and also let them know, hey, I have these courses for sale. So I think it's about building that relationship and not shocking them with like, hey, buy my stuff right now. That's, that's my approach. Got it. Love that approach. Yeah. Now, uh, <laughs> so much value in this interview. Um, yeah, you ask great questions. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, uh, I, I know my audience is going to love it. I know also that you do, besides this um, uh, learning English channel, you also do uh, some YouTube training. Can you tell us a little yes. more about that? Just in case someone is listening to this and they want to they learn more. Yeah, well, I found that I really love creating video and learning the strategies behind YouTube and marketing and having my online courses. So I've had people ask me about how to do that themselves. And so that's what I'm doing now. I have a, a course coming out uh, very soon about YouTube marketing. I already have one course out on YouTube basics, how to start your channel, kind of an overview of how to get started in a short period of time. And yeah, I'm around. If people have questions about how to do this, I would love to help. And where's, where's the best place to send them? Yes, GabbyWallace.com. So G-A-B-B-Y-W-A-L-L-A-C-E. Awesome. And of course, we'll link to that in the show notes. Gabby, thank you so much. You are awesome. Thank you, Leslie. It's been a pleasure. Awesome. Hey, guys, check her out. GabbyWallace.com. But of course, I'm going to link to that and everything else that we spoke about in the show notes. If you missed anything, it'll all be there. Don't worry about it. You know, if you're driving in your car and you want to take notes, you never have to do that in this podcast. And hey, I got one other call to action for you today. If you want to take your blogging business to the next level, you want to get some coaching, I want to invite you to check out the Become a Blogger Coaching Club. I want to coach you for free for the next 30 days. Yep, 100% free of charge. You don't have to give your credit card details or anything of that sort. All you gotta do is head on over to bloggercoaching.com. That's bloggercoaching.com. And when you register, you're gonna get access to all my courses on building a blogging business. You're going to get to come on live group coaching calls. You're going to get access to the Facebook group, the private Facebook group, live webinars, and more. Once again, that's bloggercoaching.com. Head on over there and let's get this party started. Well, the party already started on this interview, but we're going to continue the party. <laughs> that's pretty much it for today. This is Leslie Samuel. You know from where? From becomeablogger.com, where we're changing the world one blog at a time. And until next time, take care. And God bless.